KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Cookies are a major part of the online experience. They're always in the background, lurking, driving the ad content you see. But with Google starting to eliminate third party cookies on its popular Chrome browser, there could be a shift in the works. It is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. A lot of people in the marketing industry are saying it's like the sky is falling. Like their whole approach to marketing is going to have to change. And that's that's a little bit true, but I actually personally believe it's going to get us to a better place. But here's the thing. Why is Google making this change now? Is it really for the greater good or could there be an ulterior motive here that ultimately gives Google more control over targeting data? Dr. Ellie Fight, the Associate Dean for Research and Associate Professor of Marketing at Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business weighs in. There's a cynical side to this. For a company like Google, they're not hurt as much. The only game in town is gonna be Google. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In-Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers, get a deal you'll like on a Honda you'll love. Who will Google's decision to remove third-party cookies benefit most, you or them? So I thought we should start at the kind of the very ground floor here. Define for me what cookies are from a computer, from a digital standpoint. Yeah, so cookies are little files that a website can leave on your computer or your phone when you visit their website. So for instance, if I'm a retailer, I might wanna keep track of what's in your cart so that when you come visit the site tomorrow, I can have that cart ready to go for you to buy. And so cookies were invented as a way for me to kind of leave me as the retailer to leave a little sticky note on your computer to remind me this is the customer ID, this is what she was shopping for, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that is literally what a cookie is. It's You can think of them like sticky notes that a website is putting on your computer to remember who you are and what you were doing. I go back and forth with cookies because on one hand, it is incredibly convenient when you go to websites that you go to often and you don't have to search for things, you know exactly where they are. On the other hand, there's kind of a creepiness when... All of a sudden, something you ordered and two days later, it shows up in an ad on a completely unrelated website. Like, do you think they are a, a greater good or a privacy infringement or is it kind of a give and take? It's definitely a give and take. But you brought up something really important, which is you were talking about what's called a third party cookie. So the cookie that I talk about, that was between you and the retail website. Say you're shopping the giant website or something. That cookie just keeps track of what was in your grocery list so that tomorrow, that is what's called a first party cookie because there's a direct relationship between you and the giant. Now, if you see an ad for a product you were shopping at giant.com over on Facebook, that now involves a third-party cookie. So a third-party cookie happens when uh, basically a company like Giant is giving Facebook permission to read their that other cookie. So there's a third party involved, that's Facebook. And they do that exactly like you hinted. They do that so that they can transmit information, say, uh, you know, you were shopping for XYZ, and then Facebook can show you an ad for XYZ to remind you that you were shopping for that and hopefully bring you back to buy the product. So Google is actually only deprecating or getting rid of third-party cookies in the Chrome browser. Were third-party cookies 
were they always kind of part of the point or was that something that kind of once this was developed, it was like, hey, all we have to do is change this or move this and it can be used this way. You know, like, was this what was thought was go eventually going to happen? Well, I wasn't there when people kind oh, of yeah. invented the Internet. I know uh, there's a presidential candidate who once said he was there <laughs> at the invention of the Internet, but I wasn't there. But yeah, that's my understanding is that it was started as a tool for basically one website to just keep track of what you were doing so that when you came, you know, say you're reading a newspaper, we want to keep track of what articles you've already read so that we don't promote those to you again, that kind of stuff. But yeah, then it was the marketing, the marketers and the advertising industry realized they could use these third-party cookies to pass information about users between different companies. And that's where things start to get creepy. Both you mentioned as a user, it's weird when I'm like, you know, doing something completely different, say on CNN.com, and I see an ad for like the exact product I was browsing on another retailer's website that it's creepy. There's a lot of actually good research showing that you, users find it creepy. It's also even more creepy than that because by passing information between companies, there are companies that have started to amass data. Like they just try to collect as much data as they can about users. So those are called data brokers. And that's where things really start to get like, why should one company know all this stuff about me? You know, I'm fine with the giant knowing that I want to buy milk tomorrow, like not a big deal, but it starts to get weird when, you know, giant is passing that information to other companies. Like, why do those other companies need to know that? So explain Google's trying to eliminate or is in the process or working towards eliminating the third party cookies throughout this year. Is that the am I understanding it correctly? And they've been planning this for years. They've been talking to the advertising industry about it. You can delete your cookies yourself. So you can set up your browser to not accept cookies. But you'll find that nobody does that because it's very annoying because then every time you go to visit giant.com, you got to put the milk in again. It like doesn't remember things that you want it to remember. So what, what Chrome is doing is saying for just for users of Chrome, we won't be allowed to pass those third party cookies anymore. They'll just like forbid it by policy. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's not a law. It's just Google has decided to do this. You might know there's a close cousin to this cookie thing. On a mobile phone, there's also the possibility of transferring information between different apps on your mobile phone. And you may remember a couple of years ago, you're, if you have an iPhone, it started asking you, can this app exchange information with other apps? And you have to say yes or no. So that's um, Apple's transparency initiative. And it's actually the same sort of thing as this cookie deprecation where Apple is saying, like, let's stop the companies from transferring information between each other about the users. This is a big deal, isn't it? It is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. A lot of people in the marketing industry are saying it's like the sky is falling, like their whole approach to marketing is going to have to change. And that's that's a little bit true, but I actually personally believe it's going to get us to a better place as a as the the advertising industry is going to be in, in a better place once we make these changes so that there's less transfer of information between different companies. So why do you say that? Well, I guess we have to get into how people actually use these cookies in the advertising industry. So there's two use cases, two uses that people have for these cookies in advertising. One is targeting. So 
targeting is how I decide who's going to see the ad. Now, suppose I own a little online jewelry shop and I have, you know, a thousand users who visit my website every day. And I want to show ads to those thousand people who have already visited my website to remind them that you know, I have nice jewelry. So I need to get that information to whoever's going to show the ad, whether that's YouTube or Facebook or TikTok. I need to tell them these are my users that I want you to show the ads to. So it's going to get much harder to do this. This is called targeting in the marketing industry. And it's going to get harder to do this targeting. Like technically now, with it, once cookies are gone, I will have to like get those users' email addresses and then like download them from my website and upload them manually to whoever I want, whoever I'm buying advertising from. And it's just going to like make that process of targeting users much trickier. Um, so it, it's going to take away that, that targeting. The other use is for tracking ads. One of the things, say you're looking at an ad on Facebook, Facebook now marks a cookie on you saying you saw the ad. And then when you go to visit another website, like say the website of the advertiser, they look at the cookie and go, oh, there's someone who saw the ad and, oh, they made a purchase. And that's how we compute what's called conversion rate. And so advertisers are using cookies right now to track what is the conversion rate on their ads. And that's sort of like the standard in the industry. An ad is great if it, if it produces a lot of sales and has a really high conversion rate, which is the percentage of people who see the ad who ultimately make a purchase. So those two uses, the tracking tracking at people after they've seen an ad and targeting ads, like deciding which people are going to see an ad. Those are the two main uses of cookies in the advertising industry. And both of those are going to have to change a whole lot because we're not going to be able to compute that conversion rate the way we always did. And we're not going to be able to use those cookies for that kind of targeting that I was talking about. When you talk about it changing Will advertisers still be able to get to the finish line? It's just going to become more cumbersome because you talked about now I've got to go and get those email addresses, download them, and then upload them over here. Is it just a more cumbersome trail that you're going to have to travel, or is it fundamentally you're going to have to figure out different ways to do things? Well, I think that's the opportunity is actually... So I see all of this as a huge opportunity to make advertising better because... Let me back up. There are two ways that companies that are in the advertising industry could take this. One is they could try to recreate what they used to have. And actually, Google has this whole thing called Privacy Sandbox. It's a set of tools that allow, that basically make it, it's more complicated, but they'll make a way to do what you used to do before. And I think that is not what advertisers should be thinking about. I feel really strongly that we should just like leapfrog what we used to do and think about ways that we could do it better. So let's start with targeting. How could we do targeting better? Well, newspapers and, and magazines were selling advertising 150 years ago and there were no cookies. So how did people target ads? They targeted ads based on the content that the ad showed up next to. So I have inquirer.com and I've got a page on autos and I sell advertising for car dealerships in the Philadelphia area right on that auto page. And I actually think that that's potentially a much better form of targeting than what we ended up with digital. So in digital, we kind of drifted off into this world where we're like trying to target the user and we want to keep all this information about the user so that 
you know, we can hit her with an ad like a week later, two weeks later. And I actually have a hunch that this, this other type of targeting where we're targeting based on the content, it's called context targeting, is actually more effective because when you think about it, you know, when you see that weird ad on Facebook, you're like, oh, that's creepy. And I'm not interested in that right now. But when you see an automotive ad on the automotive page at philly.com, you're like, I'm thinking about cars and I'm like, that's helpful information to have, you know, who are the local dealers and what are their deals that that actually makes the whole user experience just much more interesting. And I am willing to bet that, you know, I'm actually betting a whole research project on trying to figure out if, if in fact, that context targeting is more effective. So I see this cookie thing as an opportunity to just like throw out this idea that we need to know everything you ever did in the last five years in order to figure out what ad to show you and think more about like what makes sense in the context of what the user's doing right now. And then we don't have to track anything. We just we just know, oh, this ad belongs on this kind of content. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a newspaper. It could be, say I sell hand tools Maybe I put my ad in YouTube videos about how to fix things up around your house, right? Like I, I just try to match the advertising to the content so that the whole experience sort of fits better for the user. So that's that's what I see is the future for this targeting is just forget targeting people on what they did two years ago. And let's let's target them based on what they're doing right now. Why do you think there was so much focus on that? Because it was easy? It seems to me kind of the path of least resistance of getting your product in front of eyeballs you think would be interested? I don't know if it was the path of least resistance, but it was like digital came along and all of a sudden we could do it. And we never asked, should we do it? It was like, oh, we can target people in all these crazy ways. And people got very excited about the tech to do it you know, that that tech was available and forgot about kind of marketing 101 and, and you know, how we did these things 50, 100 years ago. We need to take a break on KYW News Radio In-Depth. We will have more with Dr. Ellie Fight in just a moment. But right now, there's nothing quite like the Honda Accord Hybrid and the CRV Hybrid when it comes to exhilarating efficiency. With hybrid technology and thrilling capability, these vehicles deliver an electrifying performance on every drive. This new year, discover for yourself what truly makes these hybrids special. Redefine your driving experience with Honda. KBB.com's best value. Value brand of 2023. Contact your local Honda dealer today about the Honda Accord Hybrid and the CRV Hybrid. And now on KW News Radio in depth, let's return to our conversation about Google Chrome eliminating third party cookies. We are talking with Dr. Ellie Fight. She is Associate Dean for Research, Associate Professor of Marketing at Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business. Why did Google decide to do this? I've gotten to the point in my cynical lifespan where I, I find it hard to believe that big companies do things for the right reasons. What was Google's reasoning for deciding to, to move away from cookies? Yeah, there's two points of view on that. There's the not cynical point of view, which is that Google, which provides the Chrome browser, was doing what they thought was in the best interest of their users. And also there's some policy pressure. So in Europe, there's fairly strict privacy laws about how data about users can be handled. And this, this makes it easier for websites to be compliant with those laws in Europe. 
And, you know, of course, Google in their press releases says they're doing this for their users. But there's a there's a sort of there's a cynical side to this. You you guessed correctly. They have really rich first party data. So they have very rich data on their users. Like if you carry around an Android phone, they know where you are every five seconds, like literally your physical location. And they know everything you searched for. And so for a company like Google, they're not hurt as much. They're they're going to be able to, to do advertising the way they always did advertising. And they sell advertising. So they're going to be able to use their data internally to sell you advertising. So if you're the jewelry store, you want to target someone who's like searching for jewelry a lot, the only game in town is going to be Google. And it, it also helps, in addition to Google, this kind of um, reduced transfer of data between companies helps any co big company that has a lot of data on their users. So think Amazon knows everything you buy. Think about Meta, Facebook, Instagram. They know who all your friends are, what you're interested in. And LinkedIn, they know a lot about your employment and your professional life. Those big media platforms are, are kind of going to win because they're going to know more about the users. And they're not going to share that data, but they're going to sell you ads that have the targeting that you want. They just never tell you who the, who it is that they're showing the ads to. So, yeah, it is. It's going to be extremely powerful for those big companies that have already amassed a lot of data. Do you know? Is this something where there is a date that Google basically flips the switch on this? Is it kind of a a a, a soft situation where it kind of certain kinds of websites are affected by this. And then a couple of weeks later, it's another genre and eventually everybody gets taken. It's not across different kinds of websites. It's across the users. So they're going to roll out. So the, the initial rollout, which happened last week, is 1% of users. And those are selected at random. So And then they'll slowly ramp that up over time, which was to give marketers ways to think about how are you going to do this? going forward to give a little bit of time for everybody to sort out how they're going to handle this. In the meantime, before advertisers probably maybe get their arms completely around, what can users you think expect from ads and stuff like that? A little more random stuff showing up? I don't think you'll notice it that much. And like I said, my real hope is that advertisers over the next year, two or three start shifting to more context targeting, which will then ads will seem less random because you'll be like, oh, I'm I'm, you know, reading this article about fabulous vacations and oh, there's a travel agency ad and it'll kind of like make more sense to you in your day to day experience of advertising as a user. Earlier on, you talked about the, the tracking conversion rate, and that would be one of the things that would have to change. Like what kind of fills that gap? Where does that go in this brave new world? That is the one that I am most excited about. So my real research expertise is in measuring how ads perform, and I have hated the conversion rate since the day it was born. It's not what you really want to know. So we've been going around, putting a sticky note on everybody who sees ads, and then trying to count up how many of those people purchased. That isn't what you want to know as an advertiser, because it could be that all those people would have purchased even if they hadn't seen the ad. And that's what we really want to know. We want to know, not are you going to purchase, but 
What would you have done something different if you didn't see the ad? And the solution to that is for advertisers to run experiments. Now, I know that sounds like eighth grade science fair, but what you're literally going to do is pick cities at random and turn off your advertising and then look at what happens in that city. So you say you turn off the advertising in Baltimore, you compare it to Philadelphia where you're advertising per normal, and you can see are my ads working or not. Um, and so I'm really excited about advertisers sort of giving up on this, like, oh, we got to track every little user and see exactly what they do, which is what people have been done doing in this cookie world and stepping back and going, do I really need that conversion rate? No, I probably don't need that conversion rate. What I really want to do is start running these advertising experiments where we turn advertising up or down and see what happens when we do that. So I'm I'm really excited about the opportunity this this makes for advertisers to kind of take something that was doing it wrong and replace it with the right thing. And could this lead to advertisers realizing maybe we're not it's not having the impact we thought or cuz I seem to remember something and i don't remember if this is a story or just an anecdote i heard that there was like uh years ago there was a big time magazine that somebody forgot to insert their ad into a into the magazine or into a paper there was a company that forgot didn't do it and so they had this unique data point of what the sales did in markets that got that advertisement in the paper and the market where they forgot and it was flat there was no difference in the two in the areas where and that like they stumbled into this, but it gave them insight into, well, maybe we don't need to spend X million dollars on advertising because maybe we just think it's working like it's working. Could we see stuff like that where people learn some things that maybe they've taken for granted aren't, and aren't really that as true as they think? Well, actually, eBay did a similar experiment where they actually turned off ads in about 10 percent of cities in the United States. And they saw no decrease in sales. These were Google search ads that they were buying. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for advertisers to, by looking at the right metrics, to actually get much more efficient. And you know, since we're in Philly, the, the old quote from John Wanamaker is, I know that half of my advertising isn't working. I just don't know which half. And so I think as advertisers start to get smarter on how we measure the performance of advertising, we will be able to um, figure out which half of advertising isn't working and stop spending that money, which as a user, I look forward to because I'd like to see less ads in my life. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.